What are we talking about today, Loper? You had a whole agenda. I I am the man with the agenda. Yes. Uh, today we're going to talk about the festival. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the things that I don't think a lot of people know is how the festival even kind of came to be. And I don't, you know, it's funny because like we never really sought out to really ever do a festival. Oh. And, you know, I, I was thinking about this earlier. Ironically, <clears throat> the way that the festival even came about, do you, do you remember how that happened? Well, tell me, remind me. <laughs> so we, I guess some, some kid had made a flyer of some mock festival and put Wakan letterhead at the top of it and was like, it would be super badass if, if this happened. And it was the first, I think, flyer floating around the internet of Wakan Festival. Yep, I and do remember that. Like, we were like, we were all very like, I remember, I think you screenshotted it. And a few other people screenshotted it and sent it to me. And I was, they were like, did you guys book this? And I was like, I have no idea what this is. But it looked weirdly professional. And uh, not maybe not professional, but like looked like something that we would, you know, do. And I was like, oh, my God, did I like confirm something and not write it down? Or like, you know, like I can't even imagine this like thing of this magnitude like you know, happening without like just some, and come to find out it was like this, like made up dream lineup that this kid had kind of created, but it was like pretty on brand. But weirdly enough, like the, it caught a lot of momentum online and there was like tons of comments and lots of people being like, Oh my God, this is going to be amazing. And that actually was, the first thought about doing Wakan Festival. And I do remember, well, first of the that felt slightly flattering, I guess, that we would be, <laughs> yeah. you know, hold to that high standard, per, you know, in someone's eyes. But secondly, we started joking about it, like how crazy would it be? And it wasn't even fully a seriously developed thought at that point it was there wasn't a serious thought about it for like some time later in fact like it, it took a while for us to like roll around the marbles and then we were like maybe just fucking maybe you know take a leap of faith take a punt maybe this is something that like people actually would want to see and that is what started the conversations for the festival. So, you know, to whoever did that, yeah, thank you know, you. Th thumbs up. Cause you honestly were the brainchild of the whole thing. And, and, you know, it's interesting. Cause like we, it was never like the festival was never any something, something that we actually like gave any sort of credence to. And it was always something that like was always called for by, the community and the fan base like we never really thought too much about it 
in any capacity. And the only, the, the really the driving force behind even that first year was everybody wanted to see it and everybody wanted it to happen. And that is the thing that kind of motivated us to say, well, maybe we should take this serious and, you know, look into it. And then from that point, we started kind of exploring, realized it was going to cost an ass load of money. Uh, but, you know, it felt like maybe there could be something there. And that is how it all started. So, um, kind of, kind of crazy. And now here we are. We just, uh, went on sale for 2022. Obviously, you know, due to the pandemic, we took a couple years off. And I think a lot of people were really wanting us to do it last year. And, you know, I think it's important to kind of open that up and discuss that. But like, you know, like we're not promoters like it didn't it didn't feel like a a a very um good call to say yeah let's you know in this very short window of time take that big of a risk and not you know do it in the way in which we had envisioned it of a second year festival for sure. I mean, personally, I felt gutted that we didn't keep it up consecutively because that's sort of a thing with festivals in particular where, uh, you know, it grows into something like a yearly adventure for people. So we lost some momentum there, but hey, you know, everything got kind of weird for a long time. I'm yeah. very happy we're doing it again. And uh, yeah, we never, I mean, I never worked as a show promoter i think you have yeah, though in have. the very distant past and maybe that's what helped us because it for sure is one of those humbling things that you start to pull on one end and a lot keeps coming it, it's a lot to learn yeah like actually like when i first started promoting shows the 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 big promoter in in my market um, and I, and I was doing like, you know, I had made a bunch of relationships through like touring and stuff and was doing like some of these like alt rock kind of punk rock, hardcore bands that were kind of not hugely well known, but relatively well known, you know, bands that could sell 250, 500, a thousand tickets. And I remember doing it and being, you know, relatively decent at it, um, and that caused concern for the big promoter in town. And he told me he was like, you know, he, he wanted to set up a meeting. It was just like finding out who this stupid ass kid was promoting shows in his market. And, you know, he we sat down and he was like, so first thing I'm going to tell you is if you want to be a promoter and you're not OK with taking all the money you have out of your bank account, which I don't think at the time I even had a bank account. I still hid money under my bed. But he was like, if you're not OK with like taking all the money in your account, putting it in a paper bag, going out to your driveway and lighting it on fire, you have no business being a concert promoter. And I was like, holy shit. What you think I- you said that's scary, but it's... <sighs> It's like it, that. Maybe it's maybe it's also true to a certain extent. It definitely is. Like so many factors could have like gone wrong with the festival. I remember 
first year in 2019, we had really great weather. And then the night you were supposed to close on Saturday, storms started brewing. And I mean, so many different factors such as weather, what else is in the market, like can, can play a crucial role in whether or not you win or lose on a, on a show. And especially, you know, on on a festival that big, the margins aren't, you know, super great. So like, could have i mean you know and we're and our festival was self-funded you know like you and you know your partner in that basically took that risk and that roll of the dice and you know uh, it's not like this endless stream of money it's like we controlled every facet of the festival the good the good and the bad uh, and learned so much um about how to kind of do that on a larger scale but you know, by being able to kind of like take that on and walk through that process and that journey, I think it was really eye-opening to uh, to do an event at that magnitude. And I had done stuff previously, but not I wasn't like super as involved in the first year as probably what my role is now. But, um, you know, I, I think that's something that I think is, you know, would kind of be interesting to kind of discuss uh, about the the relationships with you know some of the people that kind of make the festival work and how it all kind of functions and then things that like talking about like you know in 2019 for instance what was what was the high point of the festival for you personally the high point was that we actually went ahead and did it first off because such a huge boost for the community and yes it was a personal risk but it's proven over again and again in my life, no risk, no reward. That felt worthwhile. That's just money and money can be made back or whatever, but just speaking to that, but the, the highlight, you know, like for me personally too, it's the first festival that I've been that closely involved in actually putting on myself. So it's always, it's always, cool to level up as a person and feel like I did something I was part of something that I never really even imagined that I would yeah and seeing love child of mine Wakan become something so prevalent in people's lives and also let's not forget because that's that's a big uh, big win for me and something that I truly enjoy is activating again the larger community something bigger than myself so that also includes all the artists that are given an opportunity to yeah we had a we had a great lineup that first year so you know it's funny because like we were when we went on sale for that first year you and i were actually flying to australia yeah and i remember being on the plane and I had purchased the Wi-Fi package and, uh, you know, like I, I think like my goal, and this is what I was telling Waylon and Dan who help us, you know, Waylon's your partner in the festival and Dan is our head of, you know, the festival mm-hmm. and being like, man, if we can just like sell like a hundred tickets, I'll be like jacked and, you know then you know i'm on slack in our slack channel and we're talking they're like okay it's going and i was like holy shit this is crazy i think we ended up selling i mean 
way more than a hundred tickets. We sold sixty five percent of the entire festival, yeah, basically it, in one go. It it went it went pretty quickly, and and it was, I mean, it was crazy to see the uh, the buzz and the excitement around that. But I I think it goes back to like, you know, the community of like being calling for something and then actually showing up and like delivering. Yeah, it was like us and also Jeff, who, who Excision had put on the Lost Lands that year. Since then, you know, like the climate has changed a little bit. Now I think I think uh, that's also a thing that, uh, not to toot our own horn too much, but being on the forefront of things, trying to pioneer new things that hasn't really happened so much in the industry before in terms of artist-run festival. It has, it has happened, but yeah. I think it's going to happen more and more now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I really embrace because when you put people who are creative and so deeply involved in the scene with their whole heart, it's gotta be good. Yeah. You know, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, like this year I've been doing all the booking, uh, and you know, we're done with the lineup. Uh, well, I think there's like a slot left, maybe two. Let's talk about that for a second, because that's something that um, I'm not as personally involved in, but mm -hmm. something that I still see you do a lot. And it's very yeah. time consuming. It's like this big, giant puzzle box. Yeah. Three dimensional. Same as kind of like routing a tour. Right. That's uh, that's something that I think people don't know a lot about. So booking a festival. Yeah. So, you know, like, obviously, like, when you're when you're booking something of this magnitude, whether it be the festival or whether it be, you know, one-off type shows, like, you have a grid of targets. And, you know, there's, you know, just so everybody knows, like, there's a team of individuals that make any sort of team function. There's a manager, there's lawyers, there's booking agents, there's press people, there's social media people, there's marketing people, there's, you know, all the, all these different people. Um, but you know, m my job is to kind of like grid out and for us to discuss what our targets are for that year's festival. We then send offers to these artists, respective agents, uh, some of them at, you know, UTA, Wasserman, CAA, and all these different various places. Uh, and that is their sole function is to literally book shows on the artist's behalf, festivals on the artist's behalf. And, and you know, then we'll send an offer. We go back and forth about the billing and the money and, you know, who's playing before and who's playing after and what the radius is and all these different components that, basically map out what the imagery of that sort of slot is going to look like for this artist and radius meaning radius clauses is something that i also never thought i was going to have to deal with in my life oh, but it's, it's a, very prevalent it's and i don't know if fire. people yeah. know what that is but it's basically if i come to a market and play there there's usually in my contract that I cannot come back to the same market within a certain period of time yeah, so a, that the promoter that actually puts makes the investment to bring me right. gets his or her bang. Yeah, and the, and the, the larger buck, you know? the larger the artist, the you know, not not the larger the artist, the more radius there is, but like more of like the larger the artist, the more they kind of pull from that said market and the the outside of that sphere exactly so then booking a festival provides the problem that if 
artists that are playing other festivals around the same, same time, even in a nearby state, yep. we're going to have a problem getting them. Yeah, and I, and I've I've seen radiuses, you know, that span over four or five states. Before. Which also explains, you know, because it's a very classic thing for on Twitter that, you know, every artist gets like, why didn't you come to my city? I can't believe, you know, because it couldn't <clears throat> as, as like a personal insult, whereas totally. there's so much work going into the uh, contracts and, and clauses that prevent us from well, doing even, very much at all. If, even artists not wanting to play before other certain artists. I mean, like, you know, like the red tape of like booking shows and festivals, a lot of it is not necessarily based on the fact that we don't want an artist. It's the fact that maybe that artist and their team don't want to play before or after so certain that's the acts. the second challenge right and, there. And, and it's actually, it's less about Radius and probably more about that. Somebody feels like they're bigger. Somebody doesn't want to, you know, be under so-and-so because of blah, 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 blah. It's just a bunch of hurdles. First, are they totally, avail available totally. at all? Yeah. Secondly, is that something they're interested in? If so... Is there a radius clause that they have to adhere to? If not, still, how is it with billing? Yep. Is that going to work? Because, you know, different artists have different plans for their career. Yeah. And want to be perceived as, of course, growing and being the biggest right. that they can be. And then five money. Yep. Which is probably sort of the easiest part as long as you have money. With, that, with, that, with our festival, that's a little bit easier because, you know we i feel like we're i feel like you know every agent always wants more but just just be and honest every about it, festival like, buyer we, wants to whittle that down and pay less but in our case we work very hard and we have a bunch of different streams of income so the the money part doesn't tend to be our biggest hurdle just us personally in within the wakanda it's, it's more about trying to find artists that are interesting and creating a lineup that um ticks all the boxes for our fan base and and in addition to that i'd say that also progresses on what our fan base think that they like because we're also educators so every year we're trying to push the boundaries a bit and whereas it might be a little early to talk about who we actually booked we cannot reveal that yet we're always trying to get out of our box right so that it's not just the same people playing yeah i mean it has to be fresh and you know there's going to be some of the same names that played the year before and then there's going to be some surprises that maybe people didn't see coming and, I, and i'm super excited about that um and i think that's the thing with festivals like personally I, i've gone to a lot of festivals both of course playing them but also as a patron and one thing i really enjoy with festivals is the fact that yeah, you might decide on going because you see some people you really like. But right. the real takeaway for me has often been going and watching things that I wouldn't maybe pay a ticket for. Right. Maybe I don't even know that it even exists. And right. learning about new things. So we're trying to provide that experience. Like last time we did it, we had, and he's pretty well known, but he's one of my absolute favorite musicians, Ott. Yeah. And he doesn't play that many shows. And you know, I don't think he was that well known for maybe the majority of the people who came to the festival. Maybe he was, but just not a maybe a regular book. And we also had the sermon showcase with, you know, Sam Binga from the UK and whatnot, just providing a different 
thing that maybe I do myself, you know what I'm saying? And this year we're trying to ex ex expand on that. Um, and then, you know, you don't want to take like maybe too much risk in terms of booking people that no one has ever heard of or in a totally different genre. But eventually I'd love to have more unplugged music and more tribal music. And there, there's room for, for, for so much. Right. For us to grow into jam bands. The idea, the idea of this year was to really kind of say, if there's, if if you like, if you like bass music in general as a whole, there's going to be something that you'll enjoy, and it kind of encompasses all uh, subgenres and all subcategories of that. And you know, I think part of that too is not just necessarily what provides a cool festival experience, but also like the activations that happen during the day. I think, you know, one of the things that we're going to be doing is we're probably going to be doing panels during the day, uh, producer type corners, um, Q and a type stuff with us where we can kind of elaborate on some of this. Yeah. I want to get um, involved in some of those things too. We haven't know, really I, spoken so much between us yet about this year. Right. Last time I did a, tremendous meet and greet i don't know if that's the right i think sometimes i under uh, value myself or in terms of how uh, much pull i have on people that they actually want to come and see me and stuff and it turned out to be i stood there for five hours i met like hundreds of people and yeah and uh that was lovely but also sort of bulky and time consuming and trying to figure out like you know, what's what's the right method to right. be able to meet people and have a sort of personal exchange or good questions being asked and yeah. being able to, you know, it's like, it's one thing, it's like meeting fans is one of my absolute favorite things. It's like the other side of the coin, sitting in isolation, making music or working with you or a lot of hours, but then like seeing the fruit of it a little bit for, for myself and like, what it actually does to people, what it actually means to it's people. It's really full circle. I mean, like, even it, it, at the It's festival. very inspiring. So it, that element needs to be there. I mean, trying to, like, set it up so that people actually leave such a thing encouraged and not just, like, what the fuck was yeah. this? And part of that is organization. You know, that's what we realized with, like, meeting grades, too. It needs to be almost, like, treated as uh, a meeting where someone is responsible and takes care of people. Yeah, and, and and I think like, you know, this year we're definitely going to be doing different things. But, you know, I think we've had a lot of people kind of inquire about like what does gold entail or these different levels of different you tiers. You want to break that down? Uh, not at the moment. I, mean, I that's don't, pretty self-explanatory like, on the side. I mean, as you said, a lot of people have been but asking. I, but maybe. I think... We I, need my, to clarify. It. My point is, is that like there's some of the components that are going to still be there from 2019. Yes, the footprint has expanded a little bit, but it's still going to be this very family-oriented, tight-knit kind of thing. We're not trying to be Electric Forest. We're, we're trying to do our own thing, carve our own path, and you know, keep... You know, a big part of doing the festival this year was kind of listening to the feedback that we received from 2019 and what uh, people were really wanting. And, you know, interestingly enough, the, the biggest thing and the biggest amount of feedback that we received was don't try to make it something that it's not. Keep it yes. small, 
keep it intimate, keep it uh, scaled, uh, and you know, try to make it better for sure. But oh, don't but go off the of- walls. Like w- what we're gonna do is we're gonna expand art. We're going to expand activations. We're going to grow in those ways, have more food options, have more different things happening that are interesting and unique and cool, but not about about the capacity. Exactly. It's not about like uh, chugging in like twice as many people. I think we're going to be releasing it a little bit, but uh, not very much because that that thing is, it it is its own animal and it should uh, remain... In that sacred form somehow. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I think it that is definitely not a money grab. It's so much work and oh, yeah. and and such a passion project that it's also nice if if that shows. But like you said, there are a lot of other ways to improve. Um like you alluded to, you know, going to a festival. Of course it's about the music, but personally also I enjoy so many other aspects of it during the daytime you know the stuff that we're going to be doing all the all the events that are happening within the festival even the bending you know well and and i can also say this too like you know we're doing a pre-party on wednesday and tickets have been just cruising for that so like that allows people to get in early it allows for us to like do and we have a really really cool lineup yeah scheduled for that i mean i'm telling you get your ticket for that uh it's gonna be awesome so you know i'm I'm really excited about that it feels like you know having this time to kind of almost like plan throughout you know last year and then moving into this year you know we're we're way ahead of the schedule you know we're gonna release the lineup in the very near future um but, you know, I, I think I think a big part of that is that, you know, making sure that people understand that, you know, there's going to be some of the same things, but except hopefully better and a better lineup. Um, it's going to be a pretty magical time. Um, you know, I, I also think that it would be really cool if we heard from people some things that they also kind of wanted to see. Yeah, and um, not just pertaining to the the like schedule the show, of music, but, like but more like you know w- what is interesting. Like in you know, like I know that we've talked about this to some extent and touched on it, but um, you know, I think it I think it'd be interesting to get feedback and kind of see what people are really wanting to engage with. Like, what is a priority so we can kind of try to set those things up that would be awesome we usually get a lot of feedback but that's that's something we're definitely asking for yeah um and then you know as far as like this year's lineup well we know you're gonna be playing so we don't know you'll at least be (laughs) playing well you'll at least be playing one time how about that probably more than one maybe but maybe not but probably it, it's it's one of those places where I can also um, extrapolate a little bit from the really heavy bass music that I tend to play, mm-hmm. um, and maybe do some other things. Yeah, I, I mean, I I remember like the first year, like watching some of your set, the trip set actually from your apartment on that balcony and just being like 
I think I literally was like crying and like just like weeping like by myself and some of that and just being like just so overwhelmed with well last time I emotion played three it was, times it was and wild the first one was this throwback set that sort of just kept going and it became really you, long you like you like doing those um yes and no i like to do things that make other people happy and if they want to hear old songs that's that's totally fine but as a producer like i hold myself to higher production standards today so when i listen back it's almost like looking at a drawing you made when you're five sort of it's cute and all but it's no in terms of playing old music it's a little bit like having a pimple and you're the only one who sees it i think just in terms of production techniques you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. on one end on the other end it does sound a lot cleaner and bigger and hits harder if it's mixed well when you yeah. play it on a big system. So uh, just personal insecurities about how good I was at mixing down songs in the past makes it a little more eh to play throwback sets. Do you do you enjoy your banger party sets, throwback sets, or the trip sets? Or do they all serve different functions? They all serve different functions. And I really love banging party sets like i just think that that is the type of music that really fits that moment in that setting with a lot of lights and lasers and it's loud and people just go nuts i think it's a very healthy expression too much better than fighting or whatever people would do instead of venting that way you know what i'm saying right but my my real personal passion for making music i think has always been the more free form melodic trippy maybe that would be referred to as like the tripped stuff the downtown but that's really how i i think that's like the biggest part of my output still is more down tempo things yeah it just doesn't really translate always as well on a big stage it's just a different energy yeah and there also let's just say that too there isn't as big of a market that's part of why we decided to start sasquan to try to change that it would be amazing to go out on a whole tour with chill music and be able to fill up rooms and have really good support artists and that's what we're building toward too yeah so personally, I want to play as many down tempo sets as possible when it's the right time. Well, I think I think now it's more prevalent. That sort of soundscape is a lot more prevalent now than it has been in previous years from what I've kind of seen. What do you think that is? I think, you know, I think people get tired of kind of hearing the same stuff and they start to get then educated and that education allows them to kind of grow personally and then start i mean like i I know there's a lot of things that musically i didn't really ever think i would be into but from kind of just listening and paying attention you start to find things and snippets of music that you can connect connect with and the next thing you know you're just like engulfed and i see what you mean and i would totally agree you know like the the more years you get under your belt the more at least personally my taste is very much so expanded and i think even the old martin teenage martin would even look at 
Martin today is like, wow, I can't believe you're like all these things right. because maybe before I wanted to like more cool things. And today I have to say that I like very probably basic uncool things. Like, for example, I'm a huge fan of like top 40 pop music, you know, it, it, because I know how much skill goes into you know, when you have so few elements and so few chords, those things really need to pop and they need yeah. to be very much on point. So it's not necessarily easier making things that are, you know, production-wise scaled back or have few elements if you want to make a hit like that. And it sort of applies a little bit to dubstep and drum and bass too because you don't have 200 bass sounds playing at the same time. You have one yeah big thing happening and it will just require full attention that that's a skill in itself well i don't i don't think your creativity is necessarily just completely stopping at music i think you also have a big say in the art one thing i don't think people probably know is that you are the person that kind of deciphers what sort of color palette we roll out as that year's festival coloration if you will and i used to be i mean i have used to, say, to be a lot more rigid about that yes too. i mean if we were going to talk about us getting into arguments i think i used to be very rigid and very um i think maybe i've tried to change a little bit there and not be as uh can i put it just like I, you know you get this like one vision and it needs to be you know to the letter exactly yeah. like that Maybe a little bit just like the music. I've expanded a little bit and calmed down. But yes, it is very important. You know, music and visuals go together. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a classic example of watching a horror movie, just reversing this thought process. You know, you watch a horror movie without sound on. It's not necessarily very scary. Right. So it goes both ways. So, and and, you know as we might talk about more in the future all the clothes that we make right it's an extension of yourself you put on like your power objects and now you go about your day feeling more confident yeah no I, I dress is really important to me uh just for myself what colors i wear during the day and whatnot i'm pretty particular. You, you love the color purple yeah i do and that's part of where some of the coloration for this year's festival flyer came from you i know you do not like like lime green like at least not together we've talked about that you're like toxic green i think is what you call it you're like puke green you know i think yeah i mean i have my preferences it also has to do with <clears throat> which colors you combine yeah and then of course like what colors maybe i feel like i look good in when i'm dressed in it myself yeah but we're trying to get away from that to personalized thinking too i think you've helped me a lot with that and going to the march just like every item doesn't have to be the loudest craziest thing you know yeah this you know and, and you know this year's this year's festival will have you know we're planning on doing Multiple jerseys, similar to how we did it last year, where each day has a jersey drop. Oh, that was cool. And this year, we're you know the idea is that we're going to use different vendors of people that you know we love their design and their styles of jerseys, and then you know it's going to be kind of 
set up accordingly. Um, and each brand, if you will, is going to get their jersey to drop on those certain days. That was awesome. Um, which I'm I'm really excited about because you know being able to kind of continue to support a lot of these people is super. I think that that goes back to the community aspect of what we're always trying to do. Oh, for sure. I mean, those people are very important to us too and to the extended community. Yeah. And it's, it's great to collab like that. And then another thing that I think, you know, I'm personally really excited about is like this year, you know, while I don't want to say too much, we're also kind of evolving into doing some different genres of what's happening for the festival um musically yes we're kind of taking you know uh diversifying a little bit and finding kind of that uh woven thread that kind of for sure and kind of continues on that i think it's important that we keep doing that's sort of part of i think our mission statement yeah and i yeah i'm and because that's a freeform aspect and freeform has to evolve too yeah. It's like what rave what used to be rave music or underground techno twenty years ago is not the same today. Yeah. It just naturally so what, shifts. What do you think like with the festival this year, what do you think most of your days are gonna look like? I mean like I don't I I even wonder if people like know that you're like watching and you're kind of like in a different part of the festival that you know, uh, people, not all people have access to, but like, I know you're definitely paying attention and you're seeing what's happening. Yeah. I love this culture. That's why we're doing this in the first place. Right. I think, but, but, uh, I mean, last time around, I found myself quite busy a lot of, a lot of the time with just work around the festival or, working on my own performances you know because i performed every day yeah in one shape or another and my life is always busy so ideally and i think i've gotten better at this i put in a lot of effort into working on my sets and always fixing and improving uh one thing i'm gonna do better this year is to prep a lot more before i even get on site right so that i can be freed up more yeah, I but think- I also, I, I mean, I was out a lot in every area of the festival. Um, sometimes I even put on some different clothes. So I don't get recognized as much. I don't mind getting recognized. I love talking to people, but it does uh, change the MO of what it is that I'm doing. I'm no longer watching a set. I'm talking to people. I'm not dancing. I'm signing autographs. So, yeah. but I, I was still out there watching a lot of music, especially late night, especially that last night. Yeah, I was out listening to a lot of music. I don't think we went to bed till like nine or ten a.m. Well, that's no one else's business. When I go to bed, <laughs> I always go to bed late. I'm a nocturnal, nocturnal being. But yeah, and then um, I think um, I'm gonna try to come up with some cool activations for the fans that i can be doing during the time too i have some ideas we've talked about a couple of things but it would be cool to put together some type of panel probably not the same type of uh meet and greet as we had last time 
it's just getting too big and i need to start realizing that yeah um which is hard for me because i see myself as a very normal person somehow but then uh, a lot of um time gets swallowed up that way very quickly and maybe it doesn't really serve the larger community talking to one person at a time you know what i'm saying so gotta find some some good ways to still be like personable that's what we're trying to do with this podcast too just right. like be more ourselves and have a long form conversation where you actually get to the bottom of things you know well, and a lot of what i think also you know last year which i don't see too big of a difference this year is entertaining the people that are willing to kind of come and play not necessarily like on stage but like you know these people are your f- oh, yeah. a lot of so these the, people are friends of course like, so that's, you know, that's like a huge part i mean it's like drinking tequila and smoking weed and hanging out and enjoying the actual relationship part of being amongst your friends i mean that's i mean usually when i get to any venue i will not have a lot of time to even think because there will be people around the whole time talking wanting things checking things out i mean it's always full on so so yes i mean of course it's going to be that i don't really party super hard when i play i i take it as a as you know um so probably it's not as it's not going to be as much of a party for me as it's going to be for everyone else and i think that's how it has to be probably the same for you most we can talk about drinking tequila but i don't think i'm going to be drinking a lot of tequila i will probably drink some tequila i mean why not but i'm just saying that's not really my mo it's got to be good tequila though for sure it's one of those things like being on stage and I mean, I've tried different things during different parts of my life, but I think that uh, when you're on stage, you know, you speak about drinking to take the edge off, but you kind of need your edge or part of your edge when you're going to be performing. Right. So it's a fine balance. It's a slippery slope. It is fun to party sure (laughs) yeah it's also really fun to not fuck up my set (laughs) or you know like the the treacherous thing of thinking that you play better because you're fucked up but in fact you're not and we've all seen that so yeah i don't want to go too deep in that but i'm not trying to do that i'm actually super excited to to be playing and i i feel it's a sacred sacred um agreement that i'm making especially it's our own festival like gotta be on my a game yeah i'm probably gonna be a little nervous and i'm for sure gonna take it really seriously you know that's when you get nervous definitely gonna be definitely gonna be super nervous i'm nervous right now just talking about it so but nervous is good when you have a little butterflies in the stomach that's when you know you're not stagnate stagnating you know Uh, it needs to be like that yeah. So going up totally sober on stage is definitely also more intimidating than being fucked up. One thing I don't do before my sets, I, as you know, I love smoking weed, but I don't ever do it before I play. Have you noticed? I'm yeah, always, absolutely. Those days I well, don't smoke you don't, at all. You don't, really, you don't really smoke on tour. Because smoking makes me very creative and introverted, but I need to be extroverted on stage. See, smoking makes me go to sleep. It has more. I mean, it does not for me, but it does not make me social. It yeah. makes me very 
turned inwards, philosophical, uh, opening the portal to the higher dimensions of music. And I don't want to maybe talk as much. Yeah. So I like, do not think that that would probably be wise at the festival. No. It's so. just something I've learned with myself. And other people, them might be working totally different. As, as lame as this is, one of the things I'm actually excited about is our lawyer being on site the whole time that does sound lame but it's not because our <laughs> lawyer is really cool <laughs> yeah he is cool i like the man so uh yeah you know other it things sounds suspicious like why what are you gonna Look, be up to is there, there a lawyer a, for there's a lot of things that can go sideways in that festival um and i, I don't I mean I don't, like I don't structurally... think people realize that like there's so many different components of like you know everybody's dancing having a good time focusing on whoever's playing or whatever but there is so many more things i mean like that's also part of the reason why it's really hard for me to even go to shows and festivals now because i'm like walking around being like oh that person's underage drinking they have x's on there like even like dumb shit like that and and it's really hard to kind of switch that off or you know somebody gets kind of too close backstage and you're like they have credentials like there's a lot of those sort of things let's not forget and i don't mean to bring up very tragic things but we all know concerts that have gone really really bad yeah i mean people died and stuff there so of course that you know and maybe like we come across as these like happy go lucky hippies and i dress funny with my headbands and speak funny or whatever but we do take shit seriously we have a whole team of lawyers I mean, we have a whole team of business managers on the back end of Wakan. It's done very, very seriously. A lot of thanks to you because you're very good at those kind of things. And it needs to be in place. Like, it's like if you want to have a lot of fun in your life, you also got to be very responsible. In your well, life. And, and I don't think most, I mean, like the, the staff that, I mean, there's people for, you know, side ops, there's quartermasters, there's security, there's EMTs, there's, Waylon, your your partner with the festival. There's Dan who runs it. There's me who books it. There's Chloe who does marketing. Then we have a whole slew of, you know, photographers and media people and press people and you know Merch people. Yeah, it's, it's just, just the like the going. list is just. I mean, honestly, it takes it takes a whole village. Uh, and when you are mad at us because somebody didn't play or because something went awry. Just keep in mind that there's probably another 500 people that are making that event take place. So be grateful and mindful of that. Oh yeah, it's a lot of moving pieces, and it's very, very. Uh, some of it is also force majeure. It's just like like weather, for example. It's impossible to control. But going back to what you you asked me, what's what is it that I'm looking forward to the most? And you said one of those big pieces again. All these people engaged in you know we become a machine yeah working together toward the same goal and that's something that always gives me a huge it's kind of a head fuck to see that like all people are going to travel from across the country and i've looked at the data of some of our sales so far there's people coming from different countries for this festival and all to this weird little place in arkansas to see our festival and all these people and all these staff people that are going to get on planes, get in their cars and have, you know, set time away from their schedule to come to our event. It is like 
It's super humbling. It just makes me take it a lot more seriously, for sure. And for the record, it is a very cool place, Mulberry Mountain. Oh, it's yeah. got a rich history of uh, musical well, events. Well, that's Wakarusa. where Wakarusa. Yes. And you know what's funny is like, I remember when we started working together, that was one of the festivals that we were trying to get you on, and they would never book you at yep. all. And I was just like, he would be perfect for this. But like, that's actually how we kind of found the site was trying to get you into Wakarusa. And so, you know, Brett, I'm mad at you for not booking him. But no, I was probably very irrelevant and much smaller back then, too. Yeah, but still, you know, like it, it has a very, it is a magical place. And I do think that when, uh, when we talk about it and you start to, you know, the memories kind of flood back, you know, it's like you look at those and with like reverie and it's like it was very sacred ground. I mean, it was cool during the tour when uh, Wes, who's also running our podcast here, put together the long, amazing uh, video. Yeah. That made me reminisce. Yeah, definitely. And that that was kind of the. I guess in a weird way, the idea of like trying to bring that full circle is like to try to evoke those feelings in that time. I mean, time was, it was, it was a different time, even it was, you know, three years ago, but it was still like pre pandemic and like, you know, you didn't have a concern of the world that weekend, you know, it was well, just I had like, a lot of concerns. Well, I was working really hard, I'm but I know what ma- you mean. It the was majority a- of people went into it with the focus of having just a great time and uh, and that's what we try to provide no absolutely so and i do think that we achieved that and i think that 2022 is gearing up to be bigger and better and yeah, we've been selling an incredible amount of tickets already yeah too. it's so that that never ceases to amaze me is that people would spend their hard-earned money to come to to what we do. I think it's awesome. And that's I mean, eternally grateful for that. It's a, it's awesome. So um but yeah, you know like I I'm I'm really excited about the festival. It it is kind of like in my opinion kind of like the the culmination and the crown jewel of kind of our whole operation. And it's cool to see this thing that you work on for a year in advance, kind of, you know, see it in real life. Well, I have more plans like this. If you don't feel like you're working enough, <laughs> but for now, yeah, let's stay on point. But yes, no, I mean, it, it went from a crazy idea to something that would almost be hard to imagine my life without. And I'm saying that with just one year under our belt. But now we've already worked through the upcoming festival and we worked so much on it. It's almost like it's it's very much real for me. Yeah. And it, it, it it's, it's a very important part. And like, again, I... I don't mean to harp on this too much, but it engages so many people working toward the same objective, and that's something that that gives me a kick. That gives that makes me inspired, right, to work even harder. Any new things that you're going to be doing? Any new tunes you're going to be playing at the festival? Yeah, I always make new tunes, but but um, I'm I'm actually like ahead of the curve since I finished 
the Balance album, which I did, uh, well, really end of last year. But then, you know, it takes time to get it into distribution. You try to come up with some type of marketing plan so people actually know that it's happening. Yeah. And so that's why it's still kind of being rolled out. Right. But I also finished uh, a brand new Down Tempo EP a while ago. They were going to put out on Sasquan, which means that right now I'm in the process of writing even more new music. I have a couple of releases up here and I want to get into my computer, you know, actually make, you know, so they're not just resting in my head. There'll be a lot of new music. Anybody you're super excited about seeing at the festival? Yes, and I can talk about that because we haven't Why not, the... dude? Everybody wants to know. I know. You almost got me there. I was <laughs> almost starting to reveal the lineup because I'm very excited. Uh, in fact, uh, the whole team and you have done a tremendous job. I'm, I'm, You know, it's cool when those things work out. As we said earlier, there are a lot of hoops to jump through to get an artist to be confirmed and actually show up and play. Yeah. Radius classes, money, billing, scheduling, you know, like availability. So when it actually works, when that puzzle comes together, it's a very good feeling. And I feel like it really did for us. I would agree. I mean, last year too, and and, and this year trying to, you know, we always try to beat ourselves, you know? That's like, the goal. Every year. Yeah. Make it better. Make it get it better. Give give the fan base a better experience. Give them more food options. Give them better bathrooms. And, uh, and the thing- ease of getting in. I, I know, like one thing that like security was like a thing, and everybody was like frustrated about that. But I mean, these are people that have to do their part to protect the collective of all of us. But we are looking into those things. Yes, Absolutely. there are certain things. This is like every single festival. But like, of course, like there are a number of things that, you know, we've already been talking about. I've written down like things that that's our responsibility to look at things that we can do better. Yeah. How do we get the people into the festival as fast as possible? So they don't have to sit there just like, because eh, they want to be in there having a good time. Right. You know? What's the best security company? What's the best thing to do around water, which is a passion of mine, having yeah. water. Martin, Martin, last year, or 2019, you were like, I don't care about some of this stuff, so I don't feel like I even need to be in this meeting as long as everybody has water. Yeah, and so, that became a problem, okay. and then we solved the problem. Yeah. But it, but it, it like those things, that's on my mind heavily right now, you know, it, improving the festival so it's like a lot better in every single regard another thing i think we're doing more this year it was still good the first year but something that's also i'm passionate about is all the art and art installations and just like things to to be engaged with during the day or whatever when you're not raging in front of the stage yeah or chillaxing in front of the stage we're trying to put in a lot more work into that this year. I'm excited. I, I you know, it's going to be a great year. So. Yeah. We need to wrap this. We're yep. almost out of time. 2022 Wakan Festival, September 28th is the pre-party. Starts September 29th of the actual festival. It's going to be awesome. 
yeah please i mean if you haven't been there before come check it out it'll be a time to remember for sure i'm, I'm super excited about I, it i can i can i can say um definitively without a shadow of a doubt i will be there yeah you better you will be there for sure but that's it i don't know who else will yes you do and so do i but and soon everyone will but yeah, Wakan Festival 2022. See, see on the mountain. Yes.